Reading of the Pentecost story from the second chapter of the book of Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, Visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If everything is working as it's supposed to, we are live on the radio right now. Unlike network television, there is no seven-second delay to make sure that the content that comes from my mouth is edited properly for those who will hear it. Whatever I say, our radio friends will hear. Hello, radio friends. We actually have radio friends Many are part of our congregation, but there are many more who are not part of our congregation. They're part of other congregations that they use this time to prepare themselves for worship, get ready to go, drive in their car, whatever it may be. I hear from them from time to time. I imagine there are some who are listening to us right now who've done this by accident. They left their car on 105.5 last time they got out of it. They turned their car on now, and here we are talking to them. Some may have hit the scan button at just the wrong time and they found themselves here too. They may be hitting the scan button again right this very second. (laughs) I might lose some of this audience right now. I I might lose some of you. I might say something you're not ready. Something that makes you want to hit that pause button. I'm going to say it. 
We are an evangelical Pentecostal church. Now you're looking to hit the mute button, aren't you? Those radio friends are hitting scan once again. Let me explain. If you aren't in this room right now, you may not know that we are a traditional downtown United Methodist Church. And, even in this congregation sanctuary, you may need to know that like all churches, we are called to be evangelical. What that means is we are called to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We are also empowered by the Holy Spirit, whose presence enlivened Jesus' followers that first day in Pentecost and has been enlivening Jesus' followers ever since. So we are evangelical and we are Pentecostal in the truest, the truest senses of the words. Even if we are distinct from the denominations who use those words more frequently, even though we do not fit the stereotypes that are sometimes attached to them. Perhaps we should use those words more often. The United Methodist symbol, for goodness sake, is a cross and a flame. The Holy Spirit and Jesus right there, front and center on the logo we've chosen to identify ourselves by. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, connected there. The the Spirit and the Son have been with the Father since the very beginning, before the beginning we teach. All three persons of the Trinity. It was the Spirit who blew across the waters to bring order out of chaos, creation called forth by a word. It was the Spirit who descended upon Jesus at his baptism as the Father presented his well-pleasing Son. It was the Spirit who led Jesus into the wilderness for those days of temptation and kept him through those days of temptation then led him back to his home synagogue where he said that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. The Spirit, the Son. Action and Word, Spirit and movement, good news, lived and shared through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the story that we are invited into, which may cause some of us alarm. The Pentecost story can be alarming. We read it every year, but if we pay attention to it at all, we recognize that it reveals an untamed spirit, a wind blowing where it will. The Holy Spirit arrived in that place and it sounded like the rush of a violent wind. It filled the entire house. The disciples began to speak in languages they did not know. It was as if fire came from their lips. Excitement drew a crowd. And that's about all we're told about the story itself, the event itself. Just a few verses. It's kind of like a car wreck. Loud, unexpected sounds draw a crowd. Words you don't normally say aloud come out unintentionally. It's an exciting moment that's over quickly but leaves a crowd standing around wondering what just happened, offering their interpretations. Theories are shared about the cause of it all. Someone is quick to explain whatever seems most rational. Only in the Pentecost experience, the most rational explanation doesn't hold water at all. This isn't about men being overtaken by spirits. 
This is about men being empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is about good news. Peter won't let the skeptics explain it away, explain the work of the Holy Spirit away as though these men have just lost their minds. They haven't lost anything. They've gained something. The Spirit has been poured out upon them the way Joel anticipated would happen. These men, these ordinary men, are now God's prophets, God's voices. They have been empowered by God to speak God's Word. And not just them. Joel anticipated a day when young and old, men and women, slave and free, the 8th grade confirmand and the 88-year-old grand would speak for God when the Holy Spirit would work through them. Pentecost was a day when Joel's prophecy proved true, a prophecy that is continually being proven true. Today, Pentecost, we celebrate that. Today, the 1115 service, Confirmation Sunday, we'll celebrate that. On the day that we celebrate this Holy Spirit coming upon those disciples, we will celebrate the Holy Spirit who continues to come upon us and will come upon those confirmands who who continues to work within us. After remembering their baptisms, our confirmands will kneel right here in front of the altar and a blessing will be said over them. The Holy Spirit work within you. That having been born through water and the Spirit, you may live as a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. I've been thinking about the Holy Spirit working within us. The book of Acts is a great place to get an idea of what the Holy Spirit does. Throughout the book we read of the Spirit at work doing mighty things. The Holy Spirit fills those to whom the Spirit is sent. Spirit speaks to people, comforts people, sends people, even snatches up people in the book of Acts. I think sometimes we, we imagine God as a passive actor watching some play go on, like we're the actors on the stage. But Acts shows us that instead God is part of the entire production. Yes, God is actively watching, curious and excited about the performance. But God was also there at casting. God has given us a script to follow and directed us in how He'd like that to go. Prepared us by giving us other actors to emulate. God has been at work training us. Even so, the lines are ours to deliver, and we'll garble them sometimes. We won't use perfect body language at some point during the show. Our performance won't be flawless, but it also will not be godless. The Spirit is at work within us. Jesus told us about that active spirit. He said it was to his to our benefit that he was leaving so that the Spirit could come upon us in a new way. So that through the Spirit we do even more impressive things. It's what Carol read to us not long ago. 
surely sounded scandalous to his first hearers. It sounds scandalous to us 2,000 years later. But the fact is that with the Spirit's help, the cumulative work of Jesus' followers throughout these 2,000 years, that the ways his disciples have continually tried to do the things that would be after Jesus' way, well, collectively has done more than Jesus did in those few years He lived among us. With the Holy Spirit working within us, we can do amazing things. We're given to remember these words that Jesus taught us. And we're pushed to share the good news through word and deed in places and to people who we might otherwise have avoided. The book of Acts takes up where Jesus left off, pushing his followers a little further along that journey. As Jesus declared we would, the word, the witness about him went to all of Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. Think of that. Those people he told that to had never even heard of the Americas and here we sit having been the recipients of this witness that has made its way here. They didn't know about the Americas, but they did have a very clear idea about Samaria. They had no regard for it, only scorn. They felt that those people should stay in their places. And yet Jesus' name, Samaria, is a place worthy of witness about him. He declared Samaritans worthy of their love. Jesus named, of all the places he could have named, he named the very people the disciples believed were beneath them and told them that's where they need to take the good news. Think of that. The book of Acts is one story after another of Peter, Paul, Silas, others going to places where they would not otherwise have gone saying things they would not otherwise have said, doing things they would not otherwise have done, because they were led by the Holy Spirit to witness the faith they had in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit was at work within them. I don't know where the Holy Spirit will lead you, how the Holy Spirit is leading you, some of you may be called to other places, but I don't think you have to go to Samaria to find Samaritans to love. You don't have to leave your town, your school, your family to witness to the good news of Jesus Christ. A few confirmands and mentors were talking the other night about that word, witness. We talked about it in the context of legal terms. A witness we thought about was just called up on the stand to say what it is he or she saw, what they experienced, the best of their knowledge. This is what happened. That's, that's what we're asking of you. Christian witnesses, say what you've seen. Tell what you've experienced. This is how you know God. We all need to see and hear witnesses for the faith. With the Holy Spirit working within you, you can share what God is doing in your life. Share the good news. Jesus promised that you'll be given the words to say. 
As one of our confirmation mentors reminded that group, sometimes the words will be about struggle, about admitting our own struggles. If we wait until we have no struggles to share, we'll never get around to sharing. But perfection is not what people want to hear anyway. What they need to hear is that you, too, a person of faith, has a life that's something like theirs. But you, too, need help. What a gift. If you're able to say, my help comes in the name of the Lord. That the Holy Spirit comforts me. The Holy Spirit guides me. The Holy Spirit challenges me. The Holy Spirit empowers me. The Holy Spirit is at work within me. The Holy Spirit be at work within you. That you will be reminded of Jesus' words. Empowered to live and speak in light of them and participate in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ our Lord. Holy Spirit, work within you that you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ.